Welcome into the Voice of Reason right here on the Hoosier Media Network. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Friday. Always great to have you along for the ride today. Big news coming up with uh, things going into the holiday season. But I'm really excited to have this guy in studio with us. We've talked to him on the phone a couple of times as he's from the state of New York. But yet here at our flagship station in Wichita, Kansas, from the 3rd District Congressional Candidate for the great state of New York, the man himself, George Santos. George, how are you, my friend? Andy, thank you for having me. I come in peace from the People's Republic of New York, I promise. <laughs> I tell you what, well, from what it sounds like, you guys have a lot of really good mojo and some good energy coming in to try and make, could we actually make New York semi-red? This would be amazing. Well, look, New York's always been purple in a sense, right? Upstate New York. Super red, yeah. downstate New York, super blue. You mix the two colors, you get purple, right? Yeah. Now, all joking aside, we had a great election season, um, a big reject and rejection to the Democrat agenda in New York. We were able to stop three referendums who would have fundamentally changed elections in New York, and Republicans would have never gotten elected. We stopped um, absentee ballots with no excuse. We stopped same-day voter registration, and we stopped a gerrymandering bill that would essentially allow the legislator to gerrymander freely and create no Republican districts in the right. state of New York and completely silence us. So we had all those on the referendums and the back of the ballots and all of them failed to pass. Wow. That, that sends a message that this is a statewide effort and you couldn't get it passed. The people of New York are done with the democratic far left leaning and far outreaching policies. And I think that we need to focus right now on the positives of this and take this outcome and use this little red ripple that we just had in New York, specifically across Long Island, where we made literally the entire island red. Every seat we went went for, we won. Really? So now we need to turn this little ripple into the red tsunami of 2022. What was the spark that started making people turn back to the red Republican conservative side in New York, was it the COVID pandemic? Was it just failed policies over the last years? Is it crime rates going up? I mean, what actually caused this spark here? 141% increase in crime can do that. Good golly. Yeah, Think about it. it. That would do it. Think about it. Bail reform was an abject failure for the state legislator, and now it's biting them all in the butt. Yeah, They're all running for their lives scared. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see a single one of them getting reelected in 2022. That's unbelievable. Talk about your district. You're from the Long, the Long Island area, correct? Yep. yep. Okay. So born and raised in New York City. My district is in the north shore of Long Island, for those who understand the map of Long Island. So arguably second wealthiest district in the country. So there's a lot of people making fun of me. Oh, George Santos Law is the most wealthiest suburban district in America. Mm. Uh, you know. Sure, I'll take it. That's funny. Ha ha. <laughs> right. But if we're going to be honest here, it's a district of of, of hardworking folks. Sure. Um, the, these are the people who are essentially creating, uh, I'd say, 10 percent of the jobs in America today. These are entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs, all living in this district. And public safety has become a major issue for us there. Sure. Uh, to, to the extent where homes are being invaded, uh, uh, people's homes are being ransacked. It, it is a common constant occurrence and the democrats aren't doing anything to stop it they're yeah. anti-police anti-law and order anti-public safety and that's just not what we're all about you know a lot of people like to say oh new york new york's just liberal nobody cares that's not true sure. we, we love you know i come in peace i say i said this i, I had dinner <laughs> with a couple of folks last night here in wichita and i said i come in peace yeah. <laughs> so. well i tell you when we had you know governor rudy giuliani and or mayor rudy giuliani the mayor of the country you know was kind of his name when he was there the crime was down things were republican things were trucking along for the city of new york and somewhere along the line they wanted to go that different route and it's gone back the other way but at first like you said people can't 
enjoy that for very long. People can't just tolerate that for very long before they say it's time for a change. Well, look, think about it. We had Rudy Giuliani for two terms. That's eight years. He was a 9-11 mayor. Yeah. Then subsequently, we had Bloomberg run as a Republican win for the first two terms. That's 16 years. Then Bloomberg overstayed his welcome and ran as an independent for a third term. Essentially, he ran with the same policies during his third term. But it was 20 years of Republican policies in New York. Sure. Up until 2000 and whenever Bloomberg got elected. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, 2013. Um, that New York was a Republican city led by a Republican mayor. Right. And everybody thought there's no way to run for office in New York City as a Democrat and win. Only Republicans win. That was an actual ideology wow. until we got the biggest socialist mayor in America ruining, not running, but ruining our city. Took Bloomberg surplus, incinerated the entire surplus. He left billions of dollars that were left behind by the Bloomberg administration in, in surpluses because the guy was an genius in administrating the city. Sure. And and de Blasio had the audacity the other day to say that he picked up the city and he's leaving it safer than when he got it. If I were Bloomberg, I'd sue him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's slander. <laughs> What's the morale of law enforcement? As you mentioned, I mean, the Democrats obviously hate law enforcement. We see the attacks on them all over the country. In California, I mean, they've changed the laws for crime from a felony down to a misdemeanor. So we're seeing the ongoing three-week-long Black Friday sales that are happening just breaking into stores. Uh, what is the morale of law enforcement, and are they hanging in in New York right now? You know, I, I'm, I'm as unapologetically pro-police as they come. Sure. Good police. There's bad cops out there sure. in the world. You fine tune the system. You 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 need to you need to weed out the bad cops out of the system. It's plain and simple. Right. But that doesn't represent nearly the majority of the cops in the in, in the NYPD. Uh, fifty six thousand officers, largest police force in America, arguably I think one of the largest in the world. These are great men and women. These men. These are the same men and women that on nine eleven ran towards falling buildings, mm -hmm. not away from. These are men and women who constantly put their lives on the line for us where we live on a constant uh, terror threat in New York. It's a daily occurrence. The terror unit, I mean, I have a couple of friends who work there. They get terror threats every single day. In it's New just York. a norm there. It's a norm. Wow. And they're running towards danger on a daily basis. I appreciate them. And I, I know I speak for a large majority of New Yorkers who appreciate them and respect them in law enforcement across this country. Sure. But the policies instilled by the New York City Council, by the mayor of this uh, of New York City, and the governor, both former Andrew Cuomo and Kathy Hochul, are just anti-police. Sure, the police they have no qualified immunity anymore. They're being targeted by vandals. They're the people they bring in now can go ahead and pull up their record and go to their house where they have their 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 spouses with their kids at home sleeping, and only God knows what can be happening to them now. Yeah. They, these. These men and women are living in fear with what's going, what's going on. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What's really sad, and I know that you might even be able to have a say on this once you get into Washington, D.C., but uh, like John Stewart trying to fight for the health care rights of those that were affected by 9-11, the fact that we're still having to deal with this kind of garbage. I mean, to me, I don't know if it's a national thing or if it's just specific to New York. It's just sad that that's a battle we have to have just to properly take care of such heroes that we see out of, of people coming out of New York City. Andy, my mom was a 9-11 survivor. She was in the South Tower, um, and she made it out. She got caught up in the ash cloud. My mom fought cancer till her death. Oh, my gosh. Um, my mom passed away in 2016. She never applied for relief because her, her motto was, I can afford it. We're fortunate. We can take care of all our, our medical bills. If I take it, I'm taking it away from these men and women who need it. 
and who put their lives on the line. And the only reason they got sick was because they were actually there to help people like me. Right. If I apply to take a penny out of this, I'm stealing from a from a first responder. Wow. That was her mentality. Wow. She wouldn't take a penny. And Getting all emotional here. Stop that, it. That's no, amazing. No, it's, That's incredible. It's, 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 really, it's really tough when you hear it, but there's a lot of folks who were there who had the same decorum of not accepting a penny. Sure. The reason is the, we just saw several of these firefighters and, and first responders on national television the last two years begging for an extension of, of the relief. Yeah. And yes, I will fight that. I will fund it until the last one of them is gone. Sure. I don't care if it takes 40 years, 50 years. You know why? 9-11 was a national issue. It wasn't a New York City issue. New York City is still part of the state of New York that's part of this constitutional republic. And yeah. I will fight for that because those men and women deserve the support. Yeah. Amen to that. We're talking with congressional candidate for the third district of New York, Torres Santos. Uh, let's talk about why you're out here in Wichita, Kansas at the flagship station of the Voice of Reason. Uh, you've been traveling all over the place, but uh, probably the first time you've seen such a large plane of cornfields, right? <laughs> well, flying in, it was uh, there were two things that caught my attention. How flat it was. <laughs> yes. yes. I didn't see a hill in sight, and I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> we've hit the we've hit the terrain in the plains of the end of the world here. Yes. It's a pancake. <laughs> so no, it. so beautiful city. I mean, I, I was surprised to see how uh, small town uh, feeling, but just infrastructure. The yeah. airport is absolutely stellar. I mean, I wish LaGuardia was as, as close as this. <laughs> <laughs> it's small, but it's pretty. I mean, yeah, it, no. it punches out a lot of planes in and out. A lot of people come through it, but they, they do a good job with it here. No, it's amazing. I, I, I can't complain. But the reason I'm in Wichita, Kansas, and I'm in Kansas for the first time, which I'm having a, I'm having a blast. I, people have been great. I, you know what? I want to pack up my concierge from the from the hotel I'm staying and take her home because she's so kind. Mm -hmm. You ask mm -hmm. her for anything, it's, it's just like, oh, my God, I've never experienced such kindness in my life. <laughs> I'm, not say, I'm not saying that New Yorkers are kind, but that's another level of kindness and, and just amazing culture here. But the reason I'm, I'm traveling um, the States, uh, a lot of people say, George, you're running for a little old house seat in New York. Well, yes, my constituency on paper might be the 3rd Congressional District of New York, but my commitment is to the American people. Mm -hmm. And I made a pledge that I would travel the top 10 oil-producing states and visit with all those industry leaders, not because I want to be bought and sold by oil and gas money, but because I believe in the industry and I believe in, in energy independence. And I want them to know that there's an ally who actually understands their industry, who's worked within their industry and raised money for technology yeah. to lessen the burden of what they call them the, the, the evil ones, right? That they just suck the, the planet dry and they kill the planet. And I just want to make sure that they know that there's somebody who actually gets it and that's running for office. So I'm making that visit to all 10 states who are the top 10 producing oil uh, states in the country. That's really good. I know it's a major focus for a lot of individuals right now is gas prices, the energy independence. Trump works really hard throughout his four years to become energy independent in the nation. And within the first 10 to 11 months of the Biden administration, it's gone. And now we're relying on OPEC, and they laugh when we say, can we become energy independent again? Can we actually lower gas prices? They laugh at us and say, oh, sorry, we requested the additional oil. They're not giving it to us. Sorry, there's nothing we can do here. And then you have, of course, Joe Biden in Kansas City a couple weeks ago saying that gas was under $2, an hour, uh, $2 a gallon and that uh, we need to pay our fair share so we don't get gouged by the oil prices or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well done, Joe. Again, he, it was one of those moments where he forgot his name again. But you know, hey, that's just what he does, and I found it hilarious in Kansas City. So, so, so as Joe Biden likes to quote, and 
end sentence, I'll just put in insert cricket sounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is a major issue. So I'm glad you're focused on this. What can we do to bring energy independence back to the nation? Well, first of all, we got to stop giving Russia pipelines and start building our own pipeline back again. And if we're going to talk about, you know, as they like to call it, climate change, global warming, whatever it is they categorize it, we need to accept that it's climate cycle. Yeah. This, this planet's been here billions of years, and it has gone through cycles of ice age and melts, and it's a constant loop. And you know what? We're a pretty oppressive occupying force to this planet. Whether we expedite it or not, it's not going to change. You can't tax that away. Right. Anybody who believes that creating all these taxes and regulations is going to stop a tornado like the one that we just saw that decimated six states from coming, no tax is going to stop that from happening. Right. Right? So uh, Americans need to stop being allowed to be fooled that the federal government has their best interest. No, they have their, the federal government has its own best interest, which is lining their coffers with money and pushing out this message, which at the end of the day, do you know who makes all the big bucks when they push out global warming, the, the, the Al Gore theories of the world? It's all my former employers, Goldman Sachs, Blackstone, Citigroup. They invest in the technology, they produce the technology and sell it back to the federal government, which they buy it with our tax dollars. Yeah. It's a scam. Well, and it's getting harder because now we have the infrastructure package that just passed at the federal level. We have the Build Back Better plan that's being pushed through right now. You know, overall near $5 trillion of additional spending. We had to raise our debt ceiling yet again. That's going to destroy the uh, the economy here. But with all of these, essentially it's a Green New Deal built into a economic package. We're going to see where they want to rebuild the highways. They want to talk about rebuilding buildings to make it more energy efficient. They want to make it, uh, what is it, uh, zero carbon for federal government vehicles and buildings by like 2030 or whatever stupid plan that they actually have here. It's taking things to another level, and I think it's going to make the energy market even more difficult to become independent, isn't it? Well, think about it this way. New York City just passed a bill just yesterday at the wee hours of the morning. It was 1 o'clock in the morning. They finally voted on it. No new buildings starting January 2022 in New York will be at, allowed to have a gas line. They're going to have to no gas line. No gas line. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Think about that. Wow. Let that sink in. Think about that. This is New York City, folks. So if you're a developer and you're listening, don't go build in New York anymore. There's no gas lines. So That's here, insane. Here's here's a, a quick solution. Uh, first of all, the infrastructure bill is not infrastructure. That's, an, uh, that's offensive to folks like me who have spent years and years in the infrastructure industry and, and developing and building. Right. There is no infrastructure in that bill. I mean, it... it Parts of it, sure, there is some interesting bridges, tolls, and highway, but it's a very small part of the bill. The bill is very, inf it's been infiltrated by the Green New Deal, and it's repackaged to look pretty. It's like essentially getting an old car and throwing a paint job on it. It's still the old car, yeah. right? So it's it's that's what they passed. And as far as the spending package, I have my faith that in the Senate, if Mitch McConnell doesn't abandon us and, and, and you know, Hands the Democrats another victory. I believe Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema are going to hold the line um, for us, and they're going to fight for us. And I can't believe that I'm resting all my laurels on two Democrats. Well, two Democrats and Mitch McConnell. I'm not very happy that he suspended the filibuster temporarily for the passing of the uh, increase in the debt ceiling. I don't have a whole lot of faith in Mitch McConnell. I know a lot of people that don't. Do you think that he's going to hold the line on this? I hope he does, or else he's going to be held accountable, and we're probably going to have to have a new leader in the Senate because that this isn't leadership. Yeah. Yeah, it's this, not leadership. This is just not leadership anymore. We have no reason to be giving the Democrats any wins. The fact that we voted on that infrastructure bill 
two days after election day this year. Right. And the na- we saw what happened in Virginia. We saw what happened in New York. We saw what happened in California. Republicans winning seats in Seattle. Are you kidding? And we're giving the Dems a win after national local elections just showed there's a massive rejection to the direction the country's going in. I mean, when you see a, a MSNBC poll, go on your TV screen and Democrats are trailing by double digits. Yeah. Republicans, you know there's something wrong with their agenda. But yet 13 Republicans and some of them my colleagues and friends and people I have relationships with, I still have not questioned them. I guess their vote is their vote. It's not for me to question. But went ahead and gave that victory. And I'm still befuddled because four of them were from the state of New York. Yeah. What boggles my mind is when we see those polls and we see the popularity against their policies and for Republican policies, their response after that election was, well, People are upset because we're not implementing it fast enough. That was the response from the mainstream media. That was the response from their talking heads. We're not implementing it fast enough, and that's why people are angry with us. Look. Um, <laughs> I get, you can't. Sky outside's purple today. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently, that's the level that they've gone. I think they've gone pretty delusional at that sense. Which, speaking of, I want to bring it back to your home state here in your home city with, with New York. Obviously, you guys have been kind of the focal point for COVID-19, COVID-19 policies. Uh, Governor Cuomo obviously did not handle things the best, putting sick people into nursing homes at the very beginning of this thing. Now he's out. Someone else is in there right now. Are things getting better? I know that the last I've heard from New York was that you guys were going to be the very first ones to try vaccine mandates for all private businesses within New York City. I mean, we have out here, uh, people don't take kindly to a lot of that in a lot of places outside of New York. Are they accepting that there as well? So here's what's going on. The mainstream media fails daily, fails to report what's going on in New York City. There are protests with thousands. And when I say thousands, thousands of people have been taking the streets of New York on a weekly basis Mm. for the last six months. Six months it's been going on. And when I tell you the most unlikely of partners are are partnering up, you are seeing MAGA folks marching down the streets of New York with Black Lives Matter protesting against the authoritarian regime that's happening in New York City's government and New York State's government. That, my friend, is something for like for everyone to behold. You can't believe when you see it. Wow. I've been on the streets watching this and I said, does she have a BLM life? (laughs) Is he wearing a MAGA hat? What the hell's going on over here? Wow. And it is amazing why the Democrats are, when Joe Biden said he'd unite the country, he wasn't kidding. He's uniting the country against him. (laughs) So he's doing a great job. I'm I'm always the eternal optimist with the glass half full kind of thing. And I think that this is the uniting factor that America needs to see is say we're tired of the government bureaucrats. We're tired of the red tape. We're tired of the regulations. We're tired of the COVID protocol that obviously isn't working because if it works so well, why hasn't it worked sort of mentality when we're seeing, like you mentioned, MAGA and Black Lives Matter coming together. There is a sign of unity here that I don't think Democrats were prepared for or know how to respond to. Well, think about it this way. If mandates and 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 all these arbitrary decisions worked, we wouldn't be in the situation we are. Yeah. We're right now amongst the top two states, New York, New Jersey, with the most infections of Omicron, or as I call it, the moronic variant. Mm-hmm. Uh, your range of letters there, I, I get, I have, <laughs> I get away with stuff. I, I shouldn't really say it; it's not proper. But you know what? I get to say it. I'm a private citizen. So you know what? That's why people enjoy candidates <laughs> like you. That's right. So when you look at it, 
look at what Ron DeSantis is doing. He's doing education-based uh, approach. Yeah. You be the best judge of the situation you put yourself in. Here's a therapeutic center. Here's a treatment center. You, if you feel you got a sniffle, test. If you're positive, go get your drip. Go get your infusion. And look at the state of Florida. No mask mandates, no policies, anti-mask uh, policies that are being pushed. Yeah. And they have the lowest infections. All the red states have the lowest infections. You know why? We are the better judges of what's best for our health, not the government, not the state government. Yeah. And look at New York. The government tells you what to do, and we're, we're essentially the hotbed for COVID. Yeah. Yeah, in California, every state that's locked down, that's done the massive regulation, that's where we're seeing the highest numbers right now. And again, it's evident, sky's blue outside, but apparently they don't like to recognize that one. We got just a few minutes left here. We're talking with George Santos, congressional candidate for the state of New York, District Number 3. You can find him online at George4NY.com and find his website also on the social media and the Tweety with Santos for Congress as well. Economically, we see inflation sitting at 6.8% right now. It is insane. We're going back to the Jimmy Carter era because apparently we didn't learn our lesson the first time. I always tell my kid, if you put your hand on the hot stove, you know, I told you not to do it. If you do it, then you're going to learn and not to do it again. Um, They haven't learned their lesson that regulations and spending and raising the debt is not going to be good for the economy. Can we rein it back in? Are we able to finally stop some of the raising of the debt ceiling, actually reform some of our spending, get things back under control, and get inflation back down again? We need to cut the card. America's running and Congress is running on a maxed out card and asking for a credit limit increase every couple of months. We can't even afford the interest payments any longer. We need to cut the card. Yeah, That's what we do with bad credit cards at home. We cut them. We stop using them. We need to cut back spending. We need to cut back regulations. We need to re-empower the American engine to restart before it's too late. An engine can go for so long without running before it dies. This engine has been stale at this point for about 18 months due to this pandemic going on two years. We need to stop this, and we need to stop this very fast. The way I look at it, you cut spending, you you you, you reduce all these policies and all these regulations, you bring back American ingenuity, you bring back American manufacturing, you bring back made in America, and you go strong to deliver the message. You cut those strings with China. We need to cut China at the knees. We need to start producing and manufacturing at home, even if it costs us paying a little bit more, but we're saving our own economy, we're saving our own country, and we're cutting at the knees those same people who wish nothing but ill upon this country. Inflation needs to be controlled, and it is the number one priority for my campaign, and it should be the number one priority for every person seeking office in 2022 because the American people cannot afford this administration's policy. Yeah. A few years back with the Tea Party, when they were in their grand scheme in the Washington, D.C., they tried their plan of the cut, cap, and balance plan that obviously didn't work. We tried it really hard. Is that the philosophy we need to try and bring back and try again? I think— a, a hybrid of that and some newer ingenuity. I mean, it's been what, 22, uh, 12 years, I'm sorry, uh, yeah. from from the uh, uh, from their movement. Yeah, from the Tea Party I, from stuff. From the yeah. Tea Party stuff. I think it, they did great work. And, right. and remember that election in 2010? Yeah. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. Wow. Obama was eviscerated. I mean, I've never seen something so crazy. It was 70 something seats. Yeah. I mean, it, Unfortunately, it didn't last long, and I think it got in the hands of the wrong people, and it kind of kind of flickered out. They were they were focused on the wrong things by trying to sleep in their congressional office to save money. 
I mean, that's not the heart and the bread and butter of what they needed to focus on to really cut spending. They had a good concept. They just didn't complete it the way it the needed to. The concept was great. I think the delivery and the messaging wasn't perfect. Nobody yeah. cares where you sleep, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I yeah. mean, if you sleep in your congressional office, I think that's actually unprofessional personally. And I have, I'm not going to judge you on it. Right. But I, you can, like that's not going to save the budget crisis. Get a yeah. studio. <laughs> you <laughs> know, right. there's plenty of studios. That's right. You know, and and it's not going to really. It doesn't affect the American people. It affects your bottom line because it's your salary that you're saving. But at the end of the day, the American people want to really hear about how you're how you're cutting waste because there's a ton, a ton of waste. Yeah. Kevin O'Leary said it best on Morning Joe a couple of months ago to my former opponent, who's now running for governor and has left an open seat for me to run in. He totally looked at him and says, you know what, uh, Congressman Swazi, your bill's full of waste. Mm. And the Congress says, there's some waste. Of course there's some waste. It's oh, my a, gosh. It's all terrible. They admit that there's waste, but they, there's waste because they need to appease the left, the ultra left in AOC's corner of the party, and then they need to put real legislation. And if they don't put some stuff for the Republicans, then they're not going to vote on it. So it comes down to the point where it's just waste. Yep. We need to stop voting in big ominous packages and start voting on bills independently like we did in the beginning of this nation's Congress, where every bill would go up to the floor separately. Oh, George, that would take forever. I don't care. I'm there to work. If you need to put me through 12 hours a day every week, I will do it because all these packaging of bills is just not working. You don't get them scored on time. You vote on bills that you don't know how much they cost until four or five weeks after they've been voted on goes back to the Nancy Pelosi philosophy. We need to pass it to see what's in it sort of mentality. It's insane. You're right. I mean, that's the, that's the purpose. Constitutionally, that is the role of the House of Representatives is to pass 12 appropriations bills based on different parts of government to decide them in committee, to work on the budgets, and to pass them independently in 12 different steps. And, and we haven't do done it. this since Obama. No. Yeah. That, that went out the window. Obama, re, Obama reimagined and reshaped the face of Congress yeah. fundamentally. And we need to weed out all those Obama... Uh, surrogates out of Congress before we can get a hold back into what's going on. And I'm confident we're doing it in 2022. Yeah. There's something that they call a majority maker. And I'll leave this here on the show. I am a majority maker. Mm -hmm. I will make us, I will be part of making the Republicans a majority in the House in 2022. And I'm proud to be part of that movement. I love it. I love it. George Santos, real quickly, how's the campaign going in the district? Uh, getting the energy, everybody feeling good? You know what? Um, the energy's great. Folks are excited. Folks see me. They're like, yo, congressman. I'm like, I'm not yet, but <laughs> speak it into the earth. Soon. Scream louder. That's right. <laughs> so it, uh, we're, we're very excited. Volunteers are, right, uh, are are pumped. Everybody's excited. We're getting our first headquarters set up uh, towards the end of January. Start getting voters to come in to talk. We're, we're all across the district every day. I'm driving like a maniac. I have folks who drive me because at one point you give up. You can't drive. And and people are bullying me online saying there's no way you spend that much money on gas. I drive on average six to 800 miles a week. Wow. It's a big district. There's a, a lot, lot of, oil of changes. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> That's amazing. It's good. I mean, getting out and talking to people is what it's all about. Before you go, I have to ask you, since she is semi a semi-neighbor in your area, but the AOCs. I am told this is a garbage disposal. Uh, that's, I mean, is it true that some New Yorkers have no clue what a garbage disposal actually that's is? That's not true. We have garbage <laughs> disposals. When she, when she said that, what bothered me the most is that she comes from Westchester County, where I have not been in an apartment or a house in Westchester County that does not have a garbage disposal. It, had she grown up in Queens, older buildings like the ones I grew up in, they don't have them. But all the new buildings do, and it's a very common tool. And yes, we know what a garbage disposal is. <laughs> However, I wish she thought it was Alice's 
rabbit hole and uh, would have jumped right through it. That would have been fun that to watch. That would have been fantastic. Like, oh, what is this thing down here? <laughs> oh, my God. Am I going to go to I'm Wonderland? Like, oh, yes, AOC, jump yes, through it. have fun. Do you think she's going to get reelected this next election? Uh, I do not. I think that she has a pretty thick competition. Uh, a person that I strongly believe is going to be able to take her out is uh, Tina Forte running there. She's a true Bronx girl, and she's actually from the district, born and raised, unlike AOC. And I think she's going to... She's going to make history. She's going to change things up a little bit. How history. upset was her district when she ended up getting rid of the whole Amazon warehouse? Uh, pretty upset because those were their jobs. Yeah. Remember, AOC represents a pretty blue-collar district in New York City. I grew up in, in what is her district today. Jackson Heights is part of her district. We're not, you know, that that's not an area of affluence or anything. This is middle-class Americans who wake up in the morning and work, and they would have been very happy to go work for a $106,000, $107,000 job instead of their $60,000, $70,000 jobs they have today. And she ran them off. She spooked them. Wow. That was a big, big, big miss on her. And that's why this past election, her district went so, so far Republican for Curtis Lewa that now I strongly believe believe Tina Forte is going to win that seat. That would be a great way. I would love to see the squad break up there in Washington, D.C. It's George Santos. George for NY.com. George for New York.com. Go and check him out there. Also on the Tweety and the social media. Santos for Congress. George, good to talk to you, my friend. I'm so glad you came to Wichita and was able to visit with us here in studio. I love it. Anytime you want on the show, let's get you back on here. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here, and I love Wichita. This is a great city.